everybody, and welcome to Game Studies Review. Boo, reading, yay, listening. This is take two of this podcast, so if we are giggling <laughs> a little bit more than normal, uh, we'll we'll blame it on that. Uh, my name take is two, Alex. Take two of this episode because we just got like more than halfway through it and realized it wasn't recording. You see the recording button on the top now, right? Oh yeah, we're we're good. My name is Alex Lane. Uh, I'm joined today by the fantastic, ever patient, amazing Dr. Dr. Cody Reimer. Dr. Cody Reimer, how are you doing? Tell us about Uh, yourself. I'm doing well. Thanks, Alex. Um, uh, I am Cody Reimer. I'm an assistant professor of English at the University of Wisconsin-Stout, where I teach undergraduate and graduate courses in technical communication and other topics, and I research games and tech comm. Well, Cody, is one of those other topics sex toys? Do you teach about that? Uh, no, no, Alex, I do not teach about sex toys. You know who does? Who who does? Miguel Sickart. <gasps> That's amazing. And How do we know that? We know that because he actually emailed us today uh, and was uh, lovely and awesome and was responding to our review episode on his article, Playthings. Which um, is where the sex toys tie in. Which is where the sex toys thing comes from because he was addressing some of our critiques and criticisms and in just like the the you know most um, warm fashion, like I felt good after reading the email. It was super bubbly, and you said yeah, the first thing I said yeah. when we got on today, I was like, you know who is classy, and you said Miguel Sicard. He is classy as fuck, man. And super, it was just uh, wonderful, and and it uh, you know it might surprise you to know that I'm occasionally the contrarian on the podcast. I know. Wait, shocked. wait. Wait, you're the contrarian? I thought I was the heel. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. We'll talk about that later. Uh, And, uh, you know, reading his email and and sort of why he did some of the things he did and and not at all being defensive about our critiques, in fact, um, fully owning them. Uh, But it really made me think about when we're critiquing these authors and articles when I am. Uh, that they don't always control everything that gets printed, right? You send it to a journal, you have reviewers, they move stuff around, they want you to make certain arguments, take certain things out. And I know personally that um, there is a certain journal in my, in our field that I sent an article to that had a lot of feminist uh, stuff in it. And they said, well, go send it to a feminist journal because that's not what we do here. So is it all that surprising <laughs> that some, some, feminist, uh, some feminist contributions and citations get taken out at certain journals? I, I'm, not, I'm not shocked at all. Um, but, but I thought it just, it showed, it really, really made me respect him as a scholar that he, uh, and it, it sounds like this is going to be um, part of a book project for him in the future, which yeah, we and will I, definitely I am, review. I am very excited for that book. Um, yeah. So Total yeah, fanboy was... moment for me. Very, very, you know, when you encounter academics whose work you really admire and respect, and they're just super lovely people and really awesome, um, it's that's a almost no better feeling in the world. No, absolutely. So we'll we'll write back to him. But thank you, uh, Miguel Sicard, if you're listening. We you 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 made our it, day. If it hadn't been Cody's second kid's first day of school today, yeah. it would have been the best <laughs> thing that happened to him today. That uh, it's almost as if you had said that to me already in this episode. In take one. But we're not talking about Miguel Sicard <laughs> today. Cody, uh, we are talking about uh, Sky Laurel Anderson and Mark Brown's 2021 designing for disability, evaluating the state of accessibility design in video games, games and culture, recent article, give us the breakdown, go. 
Okay, so the authors are evaluating the state of video game accessibility. Uh, they do this by looking at 50 of the most prominent games released in 2019. Uh, and they identify prominence as uh, relying on sales data, critical receptions, awards won, and some other criteria. Uh, and the results of their evaluation show problems and innovations in what they identify as four areas for video game accessibility. Auditory, visual, motor, and difficulty. Uh, and they have the intention of kind of providing some suggestions and recommendations for future design. And in the interest of our podcast, giving you the kind of the juice uh, in as short amount of time as possible, I'm just going to give you my paraphrased um, list of their 10 recommendations. Uh, so number one, fully remappable controls. Love it. Need it. Love it. Number Want two, it. button bashing and button holding alternatives. Number three, multiple options for input devices. Mm -hmm. Number four, colorblind modes using blue and orange. Number five, uh, increased contrast between critical items and backgrounds. Number Hallelujah. six, subtitles are large in a plain font and about 40 characters per line. That one got me goosebumps, man. I love it. <laughs> number seven, uh, controllable sound settings for different mixes. Uh, number eight, multiple forms of game critical information. It's not just given in one mode. Number nine, settings to avoid simulation sickness. And number 10, a variety of difficulty levels. Uh, and in, in service to all these recommendations, they give a great list of examples where these are done Tons great, where they're done medium, where they're done poorly, and some of the fallout from that and how it ties to very direct um, accessibility issue. So overall, I think it was a great discussion and they have fantastic examples of accessibility design that are done well and done poorly across contemporary games that any designer developer stands to benefit greatly from. If they're, um, you know, they need a single source to get kind of caught up to speed on the state of games and accessibility and what they need to be paying attention to as they design their games, this, this, is, this is it. Right. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have a kind of feed forward mission in this article of supplying these 10 recommendations uh, for accessibility design that that works really well for me. Um, and if a designer is looking for this uh, again, I, I can't uh, recommend it enough. I think the contributions here are that um, it, it is, as an article, very accessible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that it's very accessible because that's one of the gaps that I found in the article is now you're just being contrarian i am always contrarian <laughs> uh, i actually didn't find it all that accessible i would have loved some bulleted lists some sure. listed lists okay um i've i i've been sort of out of the game so to speak because i've been baby having for the past several years so i didn't play many of the games uh, most of the games that they referenced. So it was hard for me to keep my focus when I don't have context for what they're talking about. And if the, um, the examples were detailed and excellent, and I'm not saying this is a fault of the authors, but a fault of my own, uh, that, that I, I got, I, I started to sort of glaze over as they're digging through these examples, because I just don't have the context for them. And I would have loved for their design recommendations to be set apart in a readable manner, perhaps for someone who is post-baby-brained, ADD-brained, something like that, uh, to be able, or a designer that maybe isn't interested in a lit review, right, to be able to see them a little more quickly. Yeah, you like a, like, like a call out a call out box or something call with a numbered list or something like that. Things like maybe that. maybe games and culture would 
just doesn't do that. I don't it's know. It's so funny because I never would have considered that before. But now after reading the Ghost Cigars <laughs> email, I'm like, maybe Games and Culture doesn't do that. It's very possible. Uh, and I think about the picture that we critiqued from our article a couple of weeks ago. Like maybe the journal threw that in. Maybe yeah, the, the, uh, with with the, the bad clip the, art. Yeah, the woman with the duct tape over her mouth and the come get me pose. Anyway, uh, so so I, I didn't find it. I would have loved uh, a little more separation between the paragraphs of examples and the actual uh, 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 call out list, as you as you had said. And then uh, the the audience to me, I, I didn't fully understand like the audience they were going for. It read most of it read like a uh, a piece for game designers. I don't know if they're reading games and culture. Maybe they are, uh, but not as much for academics. So that to me was like. It's, I got a little whiplash in there, like the classic lit review to the clearly aimed at designers to the back and forth. I, um, I was a little, little back and forth about that. And my other gap, I think I'm going to save for my hmm moment because I'm not so sure. Like, I feel like I want you to pick a fight with me over what I'm going to say there. Okay. So you, well, why don't you, uh, oh, I, I'll talk about what I love though briefly. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it though. Cause I can see that we have some of the same loves here. The big thing I love is the methodology, man. I am sick of people pretending that we can be totally unbiased when we're choosing games or choosing, um, you know, YouTube videos, whatever it is like, so they laid it out, made total yeah. sense to me. I think they didn't, they didn't labor on it too long, but they were clear enough that I totally understood why they picked the games they picked. Yep. Um, I did, I did an article or a book chapter recently on actual play YouTube videos. And I kind of had to do the same thing. Like I wanted a variety of them and it was just totally subjective. So I did talk about the fact that it was totally subjective how I picked it. And I just, I, I thought it was refreshing, clear, uh, the, their project I thought was well-timed, uh, interesting, useful. So so yeah. And things. I think it's <clears throat> to, to your point about the audience, right? I think it's useful for people who study accessibility in games as well to have a kind of snapshot of the current state. Uh, so obviously it's useful for designers, but it's useful for researchers as well. And, sure. and the people who might be more likely to read games and culture, uh, but also maybe academics who teach in, you know, game studies programs or game development, game design programs to, you know, see this and give it to their students. Say like, I read a thing that lays it all out here read this <laughs> maybe then important. they should turn it into a book or something where they have like boxes and in like charts on how to like how these things work and some sure. lists and stuff like that so i love i love alex more, when more, you're a contrarian uh, the contrarianism always ends up being like they just need to like do more and and like you know yeah. uh it always ends up being praised like it's just so good they just need to turn it into a book that's my, my critique is that I need more of this. <laughs> I, I I thank you for that because that is the case here. I think for for me, but it's not always. That is case. certainly not always the case. So uh, yeah, I really like the methods section as well. I thought it, they had a, a nuanced explanation of their inclusions and exclusions, definitions, and the list of games examined. Uh, I I it kind of bothered me slightly. Uh, that they played games for an hour on default to, quote, discover if the game was difficult to control, end quote, or, quote, see particular elements, end quote. What and the so hell on, were but, they supposed to do? Well, exactly, exactly. But it, that just, it chafed me a little bit because I was like, well, that's not, 
individual experiences aren't necessarily generalizable. And what do you get in an hour? I suppose an hour is probably enough. I don't know. It's maybe I was being a bit curmudgeonly and I was channeling my inner Alex. Um, but <laughs> oh, I think it's a minor quibble. Uh, and the most most of the rest of how they detail their inquiry is not only reasonable, but replicable. Yep. Uh, so they have a great lit review of disabilities in games, particularly the overview of the kind of three paradigms used to establish accessibility standards in games, uh, the kind of legal paradigm via Powers yep. et al. 2015, the design paradigm via uh, Graminos et al. 2009, and then discourse via Anderson and Schreier, which is in submission. And I, I look forward to reading that. That one sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, although, is it a paradigm um, if it's not even published yet? I don't know. But I look forward to reading that. Uh, I, so I, I guess the one thing that made me kind of scratch my head overall um, was, was their last recommendation reads, quote, gameplay that contradicts the core mechanics of a game, such as the shootouts in the otherwise puzzle-based game L.A. Noir." should be made skippable, end quote. And perhaps it's because I'm unfamiliar with the example, but I find the recommendation a little bit loose. So who determines what constitutes the core mechanics? And if it isn't done often, but it's integral to the plot, is that is that core? It just seems like the recommendation can be really easily dismissed. Didn't whereas, you play L.A. Noir? No, I haven't played L.A. Noir. Most of the other recommendations, yeah, I, I can even get behind this one, I, I understand its value and need. It just seems like it's, you know, a little bit looser than some of the others. Um, and, and maybe that's impossible to account for or address. But like in most of the other ways, like, yeah, you know, motor people with motor disabilities can't mash buttons or, or yeah. right, like need, need buttons that, you know, some of the recommendations address. But like the, this one specifically that, uh, pertaining to the variety of difficulty levels um, and core game mechanics should be made skippable. It, I, there was a discourse a while back about like being able to skip through most of the game to just get the story. Yes. Uh, this is, I think, a few years older or even older. I'm sure it goes back even farther. And there was, a, you know, a whole bunch Jennifer of people Hepler started this. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And, mm -hmm. and so people were like complaining about skipping gameplay and why are you even playing the game if you don't if you want to skip it that's not what i'm interested in that's not what i'm saying at all i think it can be important to skip things but understanding what's a core mechanic and what's not seems central to the recommendation and that is not adequately defined it seems to me but overall, and i don't know if again, it could be adequately great. defined we have such exactly, very also. games with various yes. types of users that seems like a, a distinction going nowhere What's that's core, fair. what's not core. Like, right. But I think like we need an ontology of core mechanics. What no <laughs> God, no. Oh my I physically feel sick to my stomach now. After I'm sorry. That. Uh like recognizing the, the let's say a few ty different types of players. People want shootouts, people want puzzles, and then making like skippable stuff for each of those audiences uh, sure. might be a better way of approaching it than core mechanics uh that did not i did not notice that so well done i i agree with your hmm uh so here's my hmm that i'm still wrestling with i i read an article like this and so many of the um uh, so, so many of the things that they're talking about design aspects for accessibility i want for myself you know i play games on silent all the time. Well, I've never been a big like play with sound on person anyway, but you know, I'm like nursing a baby and I'm playing a game, right? Like I have to play it on silent. I, um, 
you know, use haptics all the time. I use subtitles all the time. Uh, I even like watch shows with subtitles on even with, with a volume, you know, if it's going to be like same annoying or something like that. Yeah. And I, and I think, and this may be a very inappropriate comment. So I feel, so I welcome your criticism if you have it. Um, but it seems to me a missed opportunity. If the audience here is designers to say like, look, designing for accessibility makes the game better period. Like it doesn't just like they did that. Didn't they? Like that's one of the core core tenets of like universal design, but also just accessibility design is like making it accessible to one group often tends to make it accessible to other groups that need that same thing for different reasons. Well, it, if they do, if they do make it um, in this, in this, then, then I missed it. And I'm glad because to me, it was like, there's so much potential to like have this be designing for accessibility as not just designing for accessibility in 2019, but how to make games better in 2019, like how games are making yeah. them better their best selves. Um, and I don't want to take away from accessibility studies or disability studies uh, because their focus is on a very different audience than everyone and, and necessarily so. And I think that, I just think the contributions are, are wide and should be listened to and implemented by everybody. Absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, the the subtitles is a classic example of yeah. how people who are um, hard of hearing mm -hmm. need the subtitles as a the like the super obvious um, accessibility um, and disability angle. But the other is like you know people who have roommates or are just can't play with babies. the sound on mm -hmm. because of babies or any anything else, right? So, and it's um, not just subtitles either. I mean, I go down that list and I'm like. Yep. It's it's everything. Yep. Like everything yep. on the list is fantastic, right? Like fully remappable controls. Oh, how many you know? times would you have wanted that? Nearly. I, I picked up the new Tropico game and I put it down because I couldn't I couldn't see the logos. Like I it, Tropico is one of my favorite series of all time, but on the most recent one, I can't tell what the logos are. Like I you bring up the wheel and you can't see any of the buildings. Like you have no idea what the hell you're doing. Yeah. You just can't yeah. you can't see anything. And it's like, what how did this get past your like design team or your UX people or playtesting or anything. QC or QA or any, I, anything. Yeah. I just don't understand it. But, but anyway, that's my only, hmm, and, and maybe they, they did say it in there. Um, but I, I want, I want people to like hear that. Like everybody needs this. Stop making games without so, these. So to reframe it, you hope that you see so much value in this article that you want its value proposition to be clearer and stronger to the people who need to hear it and act on it. Is that, is that accurate? What a, what a wonderful, generous reframing. Yes, that, that is accurate. That's completely accurate. <laughs> Strong value proposition. I love it. Uh, so bottom line it for me, Cody. Uh, the bottom line is if you are interested in uh, video game accessibility, uh, if you design games, you develop games, you teach games, this is a, a must read like 29 games that were prominent in 2019. It doesn't get a whole lot more current than that for published scholarship no uh, in, in a reputable peer reviewed journal uh, than that. And these top 10 recommendations, while I guess they could be pulled out or called out a little bit more clearly in the article itself, they're fantastic. They're great recommendations. The examples are contemporary and illustrative.
yeah, exciting stuff. Please email us if you have an article or book you'd like us to review or you have an idea of a scholar you want us to uh, talk about on here at gamestudiesreview at gmail.com. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, absolutely. Good to talk to you. All right. See you, everybody.